Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Shall we pray? Wonderful Jesus, we thank you today as we come before your presence. Lord, thank you for bringing us together again to serve you, to worship you, to do your will. Lord, we ask that indeed none of us will leave this place the same as we came in the name of Jesus. Strengthen us, Lord, as a church, as a people. And let us please you in all that we say and all that we do. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Today we have a new pulpit. Amen. Are you excited about our new pulpit? We have given our other one to uh, Geneva. So, Bible says we are blessed as we give. Amen. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So, Pastor Eddie took our pulpit to Geneva on Friday. And uh, I believe they'll be very happy. So, we are going to make another one. Amen. Turn your Bible to James chapter 5. generation, God raises up people. And he makes certain people responsible. And today he has raised us up and he's making us responsible for what we have to do in our time. And whether you like it or not, let's look at the realities. Let's face the realities. Let's see what God is doing and what he wants us to do. You see, I believe God is tired of people who just come to church and go and take him as a ritual as something that you must have a church so this is my church i must have a place that i will be buried so this is where i'll be buried i must have a place where i have my wedding so this is where i have my wedding god is saying that let us go forward amen and you as an individual who is looking at my face must decide that you will do your best and you will serve your generation in your time hallelujah how are we going to serve our generation? By doing what God wants us to do. Listen to me. We are going to bring people out of darkness into light. That is the way we can serve our generation. Many of you sitting here are ministers. You'll be ministers in some years' time. Hallelujah. You are pastors coming. That's what I know for sure. But many people too can do certain things but they are not doing it. You see, apart from the members, the pastors in the church, there are ordinary church members who are influential. Amen. And there are certain things that it's a church member who has to say and not the pastor. Do you know that? There are certain things when a church member says it, it's more powerful than when a pastor says it. Do you know that it is the church members who make other people come to church? 
Alan, you don't know that. Yeah. It's the church member. When the church, the person is a member of the church, and you wonder why is the person speaking so much? Is he paid by the church? No. Has he been given commission? No. Why is the person? Then you realize that there must be some other reason. Hallelujah. And so I want us in this first service, I predict that a time is going to come that when we have first service, this whole place will be filled. I believe it. If you believe it, put your hands together for the Lord. I'm sure because I'm confident of what the Lord is doing. There was a time we had first service. We were just around here. Amen. Do you remember? Yeah, just around here. Few people. And the second service, the same thing. That time it was the first service. But we have seen the Lord blessing and causing the church to grow. But you must be involved. Amen. And you must cause what you have to be done to be done. Because this is your opportunity to serve your generation. Lift your right and say, I must serve my generation. I must serve my generation. Hallelujah. Thank God. You see, we like mentioning names. Thank God for them. Thank God for their lives. They've done their best. Now we are here. What are we also doing? Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. I said amen. amen. And I want us, as a church, first service people, let us rise and serve our generation. Listen to me. I cannot go to your workplace, but you go to your workplace every day. But I, I cannot go, and I don't even know where you work. I cannot go to your school because I'm not in your school. I said, I'm, do you know that I'm not a student? How many know that your pastor is not a student? I used to be a student and a pastor, but now I'm no longer a student. I used to work at Kolebu, but I don't work at Kolebu. I'm on leave. Hallelujah. I don't know that I'm on leave. Huh? I'm on leave. I'll show you my office at Kolebu right now. I'm on leave. And this is where I'm spending my leave. Amen. But you, you work somewhere. You see people. And there are thousands and thousands, millions, 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 millions to be won to Christ. What are we doing? Hallelujah. And that is why we encourage you day after day. And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 42 verse 6 that whether it be good or whether it be evil, we shall obey the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. Whether it sounds good or whether it is evil or good, we shall obey the voice of the Lord. And Jeremiah chapter 48 verse 10, it says, Cursed be the man that doeth the work of God deceitfully. And cursed be the man that keepeth back his sword in time of war. That keepeth back his sword from shedding of blood. When you, are so, when you are supposed to shed blood, you are you are just looking. We are supposed to shed the blood of Satan. Hallelujah. We are supposed to fight and shed the blood and cause Satan to cry and be sorry. And cursed be the church members that sit back. When others are shedding the blood of Satan, you, you are sitting back and you are saying that me, I don't want trouble. I just want peace. I just want to be in the church. That's what the Bible says. Cursed be the one. When it's time to work, you have you you sat back. 
and you are seeking after your own. Seek after God. Me, I've always sought after God and God has blessed me. I found out that I've been, I've been blessed. I mean, I see the goodness of God upon my life. Hallelujah. By putting God first. Amen. This is not a church where we have come to rest. You see, some people like, most people like live more than the working time. How many will agree with me? It's a spirit. You see, but God, he worked for six days and he rested only one day. That means that work is better than rest. Otherwise, he would have rested for six days and worked for one day. Because he is God and he can do what he wants to do. But he worked for six days and rested for one day. That means that work is better, it's better to work than to rest. And many times when you want to rest, you should work. Maybe sometimes I do another work, but it's, it's rest. Sometimes when you rest, you become tired. How many have rested and become tired after the resting before? Yeah. And that is why rest, work is better than rest. And if God has set the example, then we as church, as church members, as individuals, we don't have to take the attitude of arresting people. Amen. And I want to tell you, Christianity cannot be enjoyed from the pew. Until you get yourself and take your sword and apply it to the blood that must be shed, you will never enjoy. You go to battle and you are just watching. Kill somebody. Uh-huh. And you see what it's like when you strike somebody and the blood begins to come out of the person and begins to come out like a fountain. And you hear the person screaming. Uh-huh. You have come to war. But until you do that, you have no experience what is war. How many of you can say that I've, I'm keeping back my hand? I'm not talking. You see, listen to me. You know in your heart. You say, I'm, I know the pastor is talking to me. No, 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 no. If I have something to tell you, I'll call you. What's your name? I'll just tell you, Michael, this and this and that. This is not a, we don't have a problem with that. You know that already. Don't, don't you know that? Don't you know that we don't have a problem? That we have something to tell you. Just call and say, hey, listen, this and that and that. Okay? Huh? Is it clear? Don't be angry. Huh? We just tell you. And then you go away. We don't have a problem. But we are speaking the word of God because God has told us what to say. He has shown us what is good, what the Lord requires from us. John chapter 15 verse 22. He said, if I had not come and spoken to you, you have no sin. But now I have spoken unto you. You have no cloak for your sin. And that's a good verse, you know, for sometimes you wonder what's going to happen to the Muslims, what's going to happen to the Pakistanis, what's going to happen to the Indians who have never heard of God. Jesus said, because, because when I, if, I had not, if I had not come and spoken unto you, you would have had no sin. But now I have spoken, you have no cloak for your sin. I believe those who have heard and those who have not heard, they are different categories altogether. And we leave that one to God. We don't understand everything, we don't know everything, we mustn't know everything. You know you mustn't know everything. How many know you mustn't know everything? You must not know everything. If you try to know everything, you go mad. Oh yes, in every physics, science, telephone, this you must understand. Just use, believe, and receive. Amen. I said amen. amen. All right. So today, I believe that I'm speaking to hearts. Go to your workplaces. Use an akazo. Amen. Next week, I believe, is the fourth Sunday. Is it invitation Sunday? All right. Next week, Sunday is invitation Sunday. Please, is this still working? Yes. Hello. Sunday, and we, as a first service, are going to bring humanities. Everybody say humanities. Say humanities. 
this is the first service i believe this is the best service say we are the best lift your hands say we are the best 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 so others will learn from us we are going to set example hallelujah and let me tell you something somebody said oh you believe in church growth i said i believe in church growth with all my heart because church growth is the sign that people are coming out of darkness into light you see church growth you cannot your church cannot grow from other church members beyond a certain point somebody's church and this church we are not interested in other people's church members whenever i go to preach in another church i always encourage them to be in the church and to do their best and to support their pastor and to stay there i always do that we are not interested in other church people's church members we are interested in people coming out of darkness into light and you and i are going to bring them listen to me you would not be here had it not been for some nice follow-up members years ago who on sunday mornings would go out in the morning before the service that come to Collegono and take somebody from his house and say i have come we are going to church today that is what our follow-up people were doing sunday morning before coming to church they go to the person and the person say oh i'll come and say no i'll wait for you they say, oh, i'm watching it doesn't matter they say, oh next time no it doesn't matter I, we will go and then you wait and you you come with the person physically how do you think this church grew did your mother and father send you here how many mothers and fathers have sent them here it's not a church which is has membership from we are a first generation church we are not from like maybe if my children maybe my children will say that my father was a pastor my father was a father that's why i'm in the church or your children or whatever may say that oh my father was in the church and i'm in the church or your grandchildren my father and my grandfather were all in the church so i am in the church no we can't say that in this church all of us here have been won from somewhere here and somebody won them and somebody did some hard work and i'm telling you today god is saying take your sword begin to taste what it's like when you strike and the warm blood falls on your hand begin to hear the screams of the dying enemy begin to hear the shouts of those that are falling at the sword of the righteous hallelujah rise up and go into your workplace into the highways and the byways you know when we had the eats gospel crusade pastor ishmael went out and he came and he told me that this one there he has seen for the first time he, i mean not for the first but he has seen the bible fulfilled literally he went to certain certain place and the person said oh i have this to do we went to call them from the highways to come into the crusade the person said oh i have to do this the person said oh i have my this so i can't come this one, and exactly as the bible says this one said i have this this one said i have this reason this one said i have this and on and on and in the end they never came and a lot of people too came but in the end some didn't come and i want to speak to you listen to me i'm your pastor amen your blessing is in doing god's work i said your blessing is in doing god's work i said your blessing is in doing god's work amen your marriage your peace your finances everything that concerns you it is in doing god's work somebody said i'm losing i'm not losing by doing god uh, me i'm losing you are losing you see people don't understand the word of god if you understand that you will not talk like a fool hallelujah you can never lose by serving god even a man when he works for him he'll pay you how much more almighty god anything that you do when you spend one afternoon for the lord you will never lose 
somebody said me i'm losing me i've not lost and i'm not losing i'm benefiting i'm gaining i'm profiting and when we go to heaven too you that you didn't want to leave your job and me that i've left my job do you think we will be in the same place we will not stay at the same area i have to teach you about heaven there are zongo there every area of heaven there is some there are seven when you go to say there are servants some of you may be our house boys you have made yourself big shots here when you you are qualified to go to heaven because you are born again but apart from that that being born again there's nothing else that you have you are going to heaven barefooted with nothing just naked when you go there, angels will give you cloth to wrap around some of us we have got houses in heaven lay up for yourself treasures in heaven some of us we are piling treasures more treasures bible says that he that winneth souls his wife proverbs 11 30 daniel chapter 12 verse 3 they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever today the stars may be michael jackson tomorrow the stars will be the pastors the ministers those that have given their lives for the gospel huh. hallelujah oh no we are not the same at all hallelujah Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 says that when our life which is hidden in Christ appears, then sh- when, when Christ appears, then shall our life which is hidden in Christ shall it also appear. That's when we are actually going to blow time. Now there we are not living. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you know, my heart goes out for you because I, when we go to heaven, I don't want you, that my church members, to be the servants and then the, the nobodies in heaven. No. I want to see you at important places. Amen. How many want to be at important places in heaven? Yes. And what are you going to do? Are you just looking? Some people are doing... There are three types of people. Pastor Markway told me some years ago, two types of people. Those who, when they go to the sea... Have, you had, have I told you that before? When you go to the sea, you see two kinds of people those who push the canoe from the sand into the sea and those who when the canoe is on the water they run and jump inside to enjoy the ride which type are you which group are you there are those who are making the thing work with their lives they are forcing and there are those who are benefiting from it today i encourage you listen to me me, if I was the owner of the boat, I would pay the two people differently. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Are you blessed? Amen. Say, we are not annoyed. We shall do the work of God. And we shall be blessed. And there will be joy. Liberty. The church will grow. My husband too will come into the church. Oh, say, my husband too will come into the church. My employer will come into the church. My blessing will come. The blessings are mixed up with the fishes. Hallelujah. It's a mixture. It's a mixture. Amen. Alright, today I want to share with you from James chapter 5. Amen. So that was just a preview introduction. Free of charge. When you are going to cut a big tree, you must clear the forest around. Hallelujah. All right. James chapter 5. I'm going to share with you a very important topic this week and next week, I believe. I hope I will be able to complete it. But in James chapter 5 and verse 9, we are going to read. It says, 
Uh, let, let's read from verse 7 where we've been studying before. It says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Amen. Today I want to talk about grudges. Hallelujah. Everybody say grudges. Amen. Grudges is a very important subject and it's something that we must really understand because the way people behave when it comes to the subject of grudges that we bear one against another you can see clearly that people do not do not understand if they understood they would never behave in that way what is a grudge a grudge is something that you bear against somebody because of something that he or she has done amen and a grudge is something that somebody has offended you somebody has said something to you now in matthew chapter 18 verse 7 jesus said woe to the world because of offense let's, let's look at it matthew chapter 18 because we will actually need to read something in matthew chapter 18 so let's just turn there i'll just start it off today and i believe next week i will be able to round it up matthew kukuni uh in your 18 uh-huh. and then what <laughs> Yicho. which one is the cuckoo and the Yicho? Yicho is the chapter uh, Yicho, Yicho. hallelujah now let's look at verse 7 or let's read from verse 5 and whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea woe unto the world because of offenses for it must needs be that offenses come but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh Amen. Amen. Let's read it all together, all of us together, together, verse 7, and underline it in your Bible. It says, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Amen. Now, I want you to understand, the Bible says, Woe to the world because of offenses things that offend people woe to the world but the bible says jesus went on to say that it must needs be that offenses come 
I, I mean, when you look at it, some of these things, you, you, you like to say that, oh, by the grace of God, it will not happen to me. But this one, there's no by the grace of God, it shall not happen to me. Jesus has said that it must needs be that these offenses will come. Now, I want to break down these offenses or grudges that must come to your life into about four categories or five depending on where you stay. Number one, the first type of grudge that you must experience and will experience is family grudges. And I will explain to you what it means. Family, just write it down. Family grudges. Hallelujah. Number two is church grudges. Church or church-related grudges. Number three is marital grudges. Amen. Number four, and let's, okay, let's make it five. Number four, political grudges. Political grudges. And number five, racial or tribal grudges. Hallelujah. Now, these are not all the types of grudges, but these are the major ones. And the Bible says, as Jesus is saying that, you must experience them but woe to you because of them <laughs> it's very interesting something that must happen you must experience it now what is the first one i mentioned family what do when we say family what do what is a family what are your family your family are your brothers what's your name again yes yes what gilbert you have a family you have a brother sister you have a father, you have a mother. Very good. Aunties and so on. Relatives. Now, in this world, as long as you are a human being in this world, I am informing you today that you will experience problems that can lead or offenses that can lead to grudges from your family. From your father, your own father, your own mother, your own sister. The, your sister who is the same mother, same father with you. From your cousin. Jesus said that, woe to the world because of the grudges that you experience from your bre brothers and sisters and aunties and mothers and so on. But it is necessary that these grudges come. I and I'm going to show you why it is necessary that you should experience some of these things. I'm going to show you from the word of God exactly why it is necessary. But I want to point them out to you so that when they happen, because, you know, some people feel that when things are happening to them, it's only them that is happening to. Well, the Bible has said very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that there has no temptation overcome you than that which is common to man. And God will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. And will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape. You will never be tempted beyond what you can do. You will never experience something that God knows you cannot, ex you cannot handle. Everything that you are experiencing, you can handle it. You say, I'm, I'm pastor, my things, are, things are different. My case is different. Your case is not different. And I'm informing you. Listen to me. David was being chased by his father. And I, I can show you experience after experience. David was being chased by his father was his father a king, his father in terms of the kingship, his father in terms of his father-in-law was 
throwing javelin at him. Do you know javelin? This fellow was throwing a javelin at the man. And you ask yourself, and you know why? You see, these groups that I've given you, we don't expect any evil thing from them. Like your family. You never expect anything evil from them. But you'll be surprised. Jesus said that they must happen. Your own father, my own father offended me when he was alive. And in fact, I realized, you know, some of these things, they run in families. And I realized that, look, in my family, there is quarrel. Because my father was not talking to his father as at the time that, almost at the time that he was going to die. And it was when he was dying and he was in Achimoda Hospital, he called for him or his mother took him to go and talk to him and he said, okay, you can use my, my office and my chambers and so on. My uncle, I should say my granduncle, his brother, do you understand? Like my grandfather's brother, my grandfather took his brother's child, he was taking his child to school somewhere. And you know what his, his brother did? His brother took him to court for taking his child to school and sued him for kidnapping. <laughs> kidnapping my grandfather is the same as Pastor Robert's grandfather when I looked at my father's brothers and sisters I asked myself even as a, as a time that my father was I did not know I did not know who are my father's friends which of his brothers does he talk to when you see them you don't know what you have done they are annoyed you don't know whether it is you you see that's the thing about sins either you pay for it today you pay for it tomorrow, your children pay for it. So I, I didn't know, I wouldn't know who are the ones that he flows with. Because every time he flows, there was a time my father had stables at Agbado. And then he quarreled with his brother and he removed all the stables and all the horses to Osu. He built a stable when he was annoyed. He built a whole stable for about 15 horses and carried all the horses to because he was annoyed. I have seen, I, you. sometimes you can go to a house and you see there is no water there because they have quarreled over the water bill. But you see, these things are not strange or peculiar to a particular group of people. They are not peculiar to, although they may be more in a family, but they are in every family. Hallelujah. And as long as you are in this world, I am promising you what the Bible promises you that offenses matter. Amen. Give me some volume, please. They will come. Amen. Joseph, his brothers, his brothers, his brothers who were the same father, same mother. They sold him. They sold him away. And they don't care what will happen to him, how he will ever be. His own brothers. They, they turned him into a jimakla. You don't know what a jimakla is. 
a good for nothing ragabond walking around. Vagabond, as you say. Ragamuffin vagabond. Kubolo boy. They made him they saw a rich man's son. They sold him as a slave. And if you begin to bear those things in your spirit as a grudge, you will never do well. Some of you, your fathers didn't look after you, I know. Some of you, they were going to abort you and you came still. Most of, many of us are product of fornication. We are product of pleasure. Some of us were unexpected. And the child, you see, there is no illegitimate child. There are only illegitimate parents. No child is unaccounted for by God, even though you were not wanted or you were not expected. You are, you, God knows you and He knows your name and He has accounted for you. But it's the parents who are illegitimate and unauthorized in their behavior. And as long as you live, you will have problems with family. You become a Christian, even just by becoming a Christian, sometimes. You wonder, what did Jesus say? I've come to turn father against son, son against father, brothers against brothers, sisters. I mean, you become some way within your family. What is the next group of grudges? Church. As long as you are in a church, you will be offended by the church and in the church. Otherwise, it's not a real church. Otherwise, you are not in a church. You are somewhere else. But as long as you are in a church, you see, and you know why I'm saying this? I'm trying to emphasize it so that you accept within yourself that these things are part and parcel of your life. And when it happens, you don't say, ah! There are people who leave churches because they are offended. Jesus said, blessed is he that is not offended in me. And that is why God is saying, grudge not. That's what I read. Do not bear the grudge. Forgive, release, and flow. Gilbert. What's your name? Patrick. Do you understand what I'm saying? Release and flow and forgive. In a church, you know, if you want to lose your church member, as pastors, we have a, you know, one of the things that we have among If you want to lose your church member, joke with their weddings, joke with their funerals, joke with their outdoorings, joke with all those things, you will lose your church members. Because they will be offended. And offended and offended. If I ask a church, we have, off- we have offended people. In preaching, you can offend people. You may call somebody and say, you're cool. And then afterward, the person is annoyed. Why, why, why are they calling me? You know, <laughs> we have a church, and one of the church, they don't want people to know they are in the church. So when the pastor, you know how we always call people's names, when they mention it, they, they, were, they, were, they didn't like it at all because in town, they don't want people even to know that they are in town. These foreign people. And people are offended about all sorts of things. Me as a pastor, if I was to be offended, like I would, I would have left this church during my we- after my wedding, I would leave. My wo- wedding. Ah! In fact, I was, it was the, I was disappointed. My parents, I mean, that was the, that's the one and the only time I think that my father ever came to the church. And you should have seen the church that day. 
it was dirty people had disappeared pastor ishmael had gone to takradi instead of being around the main it was that time he was not a pastor but he was a main person in the church a lot of people people had just gone home nobody was there it was just enemies and and visitors my father's friends and my church church other pastors today other pastors are calling me you know come for meeting do this do this do that when it was time for my wedding i invited all of them there was not even one pastor in town who came for my wedding I sent invitations to all of them, not even one pastor. But when they said that, uh, you know the order of photographs, when he goes to the president, uh, pastor, she said, there was, no, there was nobody. There was nobody. I was, I was just doing my own thing. Not a single one, including all the people that we invite to come and preach here. All of them are included. Not a one came. But you see, I've forgiven, otherwise I wouldn't invite them. Can't you see that I've forgiven it? Otherwise, I wouldn't invite them. Yesterday, I was sitting with a certain minister in Kumasi. You know, I was preaching in Kumasi last night. I just came last night. I've not, I've not slept because of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, I was sitting with a certain pastor, you know, yesterday, and I was telling him that you, some years ago, I invited you to come and preach. You said you wouldn't come and sow among stones. And I told him that now I, we, the thorns, are your friends. <laughs> Now we the thorns are your friends. And I was joking, I said, Oh my friend, I, I forgive I forgave you long time. That's why I've invited you to preach. When I invite you to preach, it means I've forgotten. And I've released you. If you bear a grudge, you will never have a sweet spirit. And I'm going to show you what happens to a grudge when it grows. Because the Bible calls it in Hebrews chapter 12 a root of bitterness. If it's a root, when it grows, it becomes something. And I'm going to show you what it becomes. And you see what it becomes. You see people today are homosexual, lesbians, women. They, don't, they sleep with only women. They have sex with women. Many of them, they have been offended by a man. A man mistreated them the way he, he walked out of them, the way he just slept with them and just left them. And the, 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 the person was just lying there and was disappointed. And you found out that she was just used. She hated men from that day. He said that for man never trust a man some of your mothers are full of pain and hurt and they're advising you out of hurt and pains never trust a man never give yourself to your husband and then poor husbands we will be suffering for the sins of somebody we are we don't know oh hallelujah i believe our time is getting up but let's move on then you have you come so in the church I know somebody said that, you know, when it was time for his wedding, we didn't come to sit on, on the stage. When he invited us to come and sit on the stage, we didn't come. And, you know, we were, we were sitting right in front of him. We said, oh, you just carry on. You know, we, don't, we just want to be quiet at the back. The pastors, we just want to just be sitting here and, you know, having a good time. He, he was annoyed. He has, he has left the church. He's, and that was, that was his complaint. Uh, last week, I saw somebody was expecting us to be at a, a program, you know, that he was at outdooring or something. And I, we, I for, completely forgot. And when I, I was just watching to see his reaction, because that would tell me something. He, he told me, listen, forget about it. They were surprised that we, we didn't come. <laughs> they, were, they were confused. They were surprised. Because I didn't come. Somebody went, but I didn't go, and we, I was supposed to be there. 
but I didn't go. They were surprised. But you, I say, if it's a church, offenses there more. Everybody say more are coming. If you don't know how to grudge not, according to James chapter five, you cannot be in a church. You cannot be in a family. In the end, you will be isolated. God told me, he said that, he told me something, he said, if you want to bear grudge against Pastor Nick, you'll be isolated. You bear grudge against Pastor Nick, Mensah Tabo, this pastor, this pastor, everybody you are not with the person. God told me you will become like diabetic toe. You know a diabetic toe? It will, it is, it will be cut off. Because there's no blood supply. Nobody relates with it. The heart, the liver, the kidneys, nobody relates with the toe anymore. Everybody has cut off supply. You become and you will die. And God told me that when you cut off yourself through heads, you die eventually. There are some people, they don't want me, this child, I've come here, I've had the certain things that I just want to keep to myself. When I met my wife, you know, she was telling me that, you know, these type of churches, uh, this type of Calvary Road and others, you know, they, you know, they have a lot of these relationships and problems and things. That she, she doesn't want any problems. So she doesn't want to join. If you think about those things, you stay alone. And you will die from isolation. Hallelujah. What is the next one? Marital grudges. Ah, that one, you more abundance. More ab- Everybody say more abundance. More abundance. <laughs> Often you see, and I'm going to announce, we are going to have a marriage seminar, marriage forum for married couples. Only married couples. You can't come alone. If you are not, your wife or your husband, so don't bring yourself just married couples couples together friday this friday at 6 30 amen by the way of announcement now marriage there will be grudges there will be love there will be joy but there will be things that cause offense otherwise you are not real it's not a real marriage amen there will be some sometimes you see a couple they move together and you see people who are very good at you know, when you see them, you see them really smile. You don't know what has happened. In the, because we, we, you see people, they want to give a good impression. What? So you see them coming like that. <laughs> when they turn around, and there are some people, they only talk when there are visitors in the house. When the visitors go, they just close the door and they turn around. Then we continue with the war. <laughs> Hallelujah. What is the next type of grudge? Political. Look at somebody like Rollins. One of the newspapers reported that he has killed 85 people. He has killed this. We all know that he has been in charge. He has killed several heads of state, including even my father, who got sick after he was arrested twice by this man. But you see, if you cannot know how to forgive, do you understand? You, you can never... You can, my father, for instance, he hated that man until he died. He could not stand... In fact... <laughs> if I have a beard, I look like Rollins. When I wear Batakari, I look like Rollins. He doesn't want it at all. If I wear Batakari, he doesn't like it at all. <laughs> and I tell you, grudges, you see, that is why you must know how to release the grudges. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Otherwise, you can never have a certain blessing from God. Political gradient. There are some people you hate Rollins. You hate this. You hate this party. You hate this party. Let it go out of your spirit. It's not worth it. 
Amen. Bible says, grudge not, because the judge is standing at the door when you bear a grudge. You see, one of the reasons why you must not grudge is because God knows that he has forgiven you for so much. And so it's a little test for you to see how you also forgive somebody. And when you fail that test, God has finished you. There's only one sin that God says he will not forgive you. Who knows that sin? It's fornication. Is it not fornication? Is it adultery? Is it murder? What sin is that? If you do not forgive, he will also not forgive you. That's the only place in the Bible where God has said, I will not forgive you. When you don't forgive. He has never said, if you do this, if you do this, you can kill. I know a man who shot a man in his knees and cut him and so on. Today, the man is a pastor. Sometimes when he's standing, he, he feels shy, you know, of the bad things that he's done. But God has never said he will not forgive you for those things. What he said he will not forgive you is when you don't forgive people. And that is why some people, are, they are very funny. When they are so angry and you have decided not to forgive, you are so bored. What is the last one? Racial. There are people, especially this one, it applies to a lot of older people. Older people in our midst. You know, prejudice is the sin of the older ones. After some time, you know, they can't stand. You know, my mother-in-law, for instance, she, I always tell her that she's very tribalistic. I tell my wife that, listen, you are also becoming tribalistic if you don't take care. Hallelujah. Because as you grow older, you, you they, they ask, oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, what? Oh yeah, Nkrini, oh yeah, this, oh yeah, I mean, and that's the first thing. Where does he come from? What does he, you know, and so on. And realize that we are so petty. As soon as you say the person is this, you are formed something about, have you even talked to the person? Do you even know what the person does? And you are formed, you just want to know where the person, and as soon as you, the person says that he's an, he's a, 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 an Ashanti, that is the blanket statement. If the person is finished in your eyes, in your heart. And it's not true. It's not true. Hallelujah. But we need to release our spirits. And I'm telling you, what if you cannot remember anything from today, what you must remember and what you must know is that as for grudges from your family, from your church, from your marriage, from, your, from politics, from racial, there will be some. But there is a clear instruction in the Bible, grudge not. Turn to somebody and say, grudge not. Stand to your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. We want to close. Lift up your hand and just let's close quickly. We want to just commit yourself. I believe there are people here who have various grudges against your mother-in-law, against your father-in-law, against your uncle, your aunts, people. Even some people are dead, cry. You have grudges against them. Men that have mistreated you, boys that have shown you, girls that have been unfaithful, all sorts of experience. Listen to me, dear friend. Release it and let there be a liberty. Let there be, let there be that freeness in your spirit. God is watching you. God is looking at you very carefully. What you do, he will see. What you do, he will see. What you do, he will see. And he will judge you. Because the Bible says, grudge not. Because the judge is standing at the door. Just commit yourself and release all heads and graduates right now as we close. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Just release it, your spirit. Release it, release it, release it, release it. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Father, we thank you as we...
come to the end of the service i pray for you place your hand on your chest i want to pray father i pray that grudges may go out of our spirits hats may leave us that our spirit may be sweet and free that we may serve you and that you will not judge us oh god in the name of jesus christ of nazareth amen every head bow every eye close you are here today you are not born again when i say born again you don't even understand it you want to say pastor please pray for me i want to be born again i want to know jesus as my savior maybe somebody has invited you but you want to, to know jesus today you want to say pastor please pray for me i want to go to heaven when i die please pastor pray for me i don't understand when you say born again but today i want to be born again lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you just lift up your right hand you want to be born again you want to know jesus as your savior lift up the right hand thank you i see your hand sir i see you I lift it up high lift it up high lift it up high god bless you those of you that have lifted your hand come to the front quickly there's room come to the front come come Stand in the blue over there you lifted up your hand just come to the front don't be shy you lifted up your hand that's your savior come to the front hallelujah amen hallelujah shall we pray hello thank you agama say this prayer after me say dear jesus say dear jesus forgive me for my sins this morning i accept you as my savior as my master please write my name please write my name in the book of life from today i will save you i will obey you i will follow you in jesus name amen god bless you for listening to this message visit www daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.